You are listening to an Elam Christian Center podcast. We hope that you are inspired, encouraged, and empowered by the message you are about to hear. Sweet. Good morning. How are we all doing? Good. I am probably on a similar... You always know when football season's still going on because Mike and I usually hobble into church on Sunday. I think it's usually a competition who's more mobile on a Sunday morning between Mike and I as you walk and we kind of catch eye contact and be like, mm, there's the limp, there's the slow move, but we're here and I'm excited for this morning. It's going to be great. Um, who's been enjoying this series so far? Who's been probably been a bit challenged by this series as well? It's been really cool, eh? The blessed series, the Beatitudes, a list of foundational attributes and attitudes for a life of authentic Christian discipleship that lead to a life of blessing and happiness. Not blessing and happiness from the worldview, but from the perspective of what it means to live as a child of God. And this morning, I get to bring part seven, which is Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be sons of God, which should be called sons of God. I feel like this is a timely message for me. Uh, and the reason being, I have three young daughters. Um, we have a six-year-old, Kira, um, a two-and-a-half-year-old, Tuya, and 11-month-old, Piata. Uh, and so when it comes to uh, peacemaking, uh, it's a daily job. <laughs> it's a daily chore. We've got um, Kira, who I would describe Kira as a sensitive leader. Um, she is someone that will uh, get upset if other people are upset. She is someone that will uh, come home very quiet and not talk to us for a while. And we're not sure what's wrong. We think, well, what have we done? What's going on? Turns out someone just wasn't very nice to her on the bus at the start of the day. Um, and she's held on to it. And so she's, she's sensitive, but then she's this little leader as well. You watch her in different group settings, and she's always keen to be involved and, and make plans and come up with games they're going to play at school. And Then we've got Tuya. And I'll call her um, caring and curious. Um, and so she's someone that will want to know where we are at all times. I'll be in the kitchen doing something and she'll walk in and, and her common thing is, what they're doing, daddy? What they're doing, daddy? And I'm just like, I'm just making food. Go back in the lounge. Oh, sorry. And <laughs> this is a daily conversation now. What you're doing, daddy? I'm doing this. You want to go, go back and watch? Okay, sorry. <laughs> like, you don't have to apologize. You're all right. Um, but then she's just curious about everything. Um, and so to the point where she just wants to do whatever's care, whatever Kira's doing. Um, and so if you've got, if you've got kids, um, young kids, or you've had young kids at one point, um, you will know that often the older sibling is kind of just like, leave me alone for a second. You don't need to always do what I'm doing. But then Tuya just wants to be involved in whatever Kira's doing. If she's coloring in, she wants to color in. If she's doing, playing with blocks, she wants to play with blocks. And so she just, she's curious about whatever's going on, what other people are doing, and wants to be a part of it. And then we've got Piata, and I would uh, describe her currently as adventurous and cheeky. Our two oldest girls um, didn't start crawling, let alone walking, till they were at least one. Um, they were kind of not even rolling around at all. They were very stationary, made life a whole lot easier for us. Um, Piata, on the other hand, uh, is all over the place. Uh, she's 11 months old, and you turn away for 10 seconds, and she's down the hallway in the bathroom. Um, and so she's everywhere, and she just wants to be involved in everything um, and wants to check everything out. And um, so she's keeping us on our toes. And so there are days where it can be chaotic, but then there are days that it can be great. How beautiful and relieving is it when everyone is getting on and playing together peacefully? Isn't this a picture of our everyday life? 
depending on what you do for work or what your day in the life looks like. We often find ourselves in a room or space with many different people and personalities. And how good does it feel when everyone is getting on and thriving in your workplace, your sports team, your social group, etc.? The word peace appears over 270 times in the NIV translation. And one of those times is the command we find in Romans 12, 18. And it says, if it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Now, for some of us at face value, that might sound a bit hard or unachievable. There might be a few of us here that would describe the process of getting out the door into church on time this morning, anything but peaceful. Uh, We've probably all been there multiple times. Or maybe for others here, the statement, at peace with everyone, may stir up some feelings because of a situation with a neighbor or a family member. See, I think the worldview of peacemaking can often be portrayed as maybe um, pointless or, or, or not super helpful, weak, or passive. If we look at the word, the definition of the word peace, we see these things. Freedom from disturbance, absence from war, and individual virtue or state. So when I read live at peace with everyone, I don't see it as be best friends with everyone and meet weekly for coffee, but more as a personal choice to not hold on to hurt, to not dwell in resentment or unforgiveness, and to not step into situations looking through the lens of conflict or judgment. So now that we have this idea of peace being this personal choice and attitude to separate ourselves from the flow and effects of hurt and anger and remaining of sound mind in the midst of conflict, what does it look like to not just remain in peace personally, but to take the next step and be a peacemaker? There's a great deal of conflict around us, and so the question we should consider is how we as Christians should respond to it. So firstly, I want to um, start by addressing the difference between peacekeepers and peacemakers. See, peacekeepers, keeping the peace usually leads to compromising or conceding truth both ways so that both parties are happy. These situations will often lead, uh, often end up in finding um, something that both parties agree on, regardless of if it's true or not in that moment, and leaving there with unresolved conflict. See, peacekeeping is often this passive Let's avoid conflict. Let's all get on or move on. So what is a peacemaker? Well, instead of telling you maybe the worldview or what the world thinks a peacemaker is, let's learn from the life of a pretty key person in the Bible. And funnily enough, he's called the Prince of Peace. Luke 2.14. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. You know, I've read this verse many times. And it wasn't until recently that as I read that, I saw it from a different perspective. Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those whom he is pleased. Think about it. God sent his son to earth, the prince of peace, peace on earth. See, Jesus lived and worked to reconcile people with God and with each other. Colossians 1.20 says, And through him God reconciled everything to himself, He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. See, being a peacekeeper and a peacemaker is not the same thing. One runs from conflict, whereas the other one will run towards conflict to create peace. A peacemaker is one who is actively trying to reconcile people to God and to one another. 
Now, I'm a practical, take action type of person. So when there is something to be done or a problem to be solved, I want to figure out what needs to be done and let's get on with it and let's do it. So when I look at and reflect at a peacekeeper as one who is actively trying to reconcile, I start to think to myself, what does that look like? And I read this verse, Isaiah 57, 14. Build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstacle from my people's way. When stepping into a situation or conflict, I'd say that nine times out of 10, we already have a bit of an idea of what we're stepping into. Often we'll probably feel this God nudge to step in and, and try be a peacemaker in the situation, to be a mediator in a situation or to, or to speak life into a situation. We've probably all been there and we've probably all spent a good amount of time sitting there talking to God saying, are you sure you want me to do that? <laughs> are you sure there's not someone else you want to send into that situation? Is it really me that has to do it, God? And um, no matter how many times he says yes, you probably still sit there and argue that for a little bit longer until you give up and realize you're not going to win. You just got to listen. <laughs> As I said before, we've got three young girls, and if you've had young kids or got young kids, you know that often some days just require trying to keep the peace. <laughs> some days they're tired, they want to do their own thing, they're going through whatever they're going through, and sometimes you just have to keep the peace. There are days where it's like, okay, you go over there, you go over there, you do this, you do this, but then there are other days, and I feel like these are the days where as a parent you're like, yes, that was a successful day, I was on to it, I was well planned, and those are the days where you're not trying to keep the peace, but you're playing the peacemaker role. You know, there are days where I'm like, okay, Naz is out, my wife is out doing something, I've got to make dinner here. Okay, what do I need to do in this situation to prepare the way, <laughs> to prepare this next hour so that I can make dinner? And so in those moments, you're like, okay, I'm going to make sure that the lounge is tidy first so it's not too chaotic in there. We're going to set this up for the girls to play with, going to have some coloring stuff here, have some snacks on the table. I'm in there preparing the way to make peace. <laughs> And saying, please, Lord, let it work. <laughs> please let it work. So you often find yourself in times or in other situations as well where you think ahead and you think, okay, I need to be a peacemaker in this situation, not a peacekeeper. And you'll probably find that um, one is a little bit less stressful than the other. That verse in Isaiah, build up, build up, prepare the way, remove every obstacle from my people's way. Prepare the way. What does that look like? What does it look like to prepare the way when it comes to being a peacemaker? I've put it down to three things we're going to quickly go through here. There are many more, but these are the three that I believe are really key to start with. Firstly, prayer. Prayerfully prepare the way. Like I said, most of the time we need to step into a situation to be the peacemaker, to be the mediator, to be the, be the, the sound voice and calm voice in a situation. We know what we're stepping into. And so how important is it to then prayerfully prepare the way? Not just yourself, but actually find prayer partners in that situation as well. You don't always have to share a lot of details, but there's, there's, there's peace knowing that there are other people that are praying for you and interceding on your, your behalf in a situation. So first thing to do to prepare the way, pray. Secondly, understanding. We've got to realize that if we step into a situation as, if, with the role of a peacemaker, that there's going to be some hurt, there's going to be some things that need to be talked about and dealt with. And what we need to realize is hurt people hurt people. And so we need to understand what we're stepping into and who we're about to talk, we step into conversation with, whether it is a, a situation that we are needing to find peace with someone or we're stepping in to help between two other parties. We need understanding of what we're stepping into. Part of preparing the way is knowing 
what has led to this situation, what have been the factors in that have led it to this. We need understanding. And then thirdly, we need to remember our end goal. See, the end goal, like I said before, isn't necessarily that we'll fully agree with each other and be best friends and meet up weekly for coffee, but actually the end goal is that there's reconciliation. The end goal is that regardless of, of what I feel, regardless of what you feel, we know where we have each wronged each other or we know the part that we've had to play in this conflict and this situation and there needs to be the reconciliation. So preparing the way looks like prayer, understanding and remembering the end goal. See, peacemakers are people that actively work to remove the obstacles that are in the way of reconciliation with God and with one another. Blessed are those who work for peace. Working hard for peace is an essential part of the church, an essential role that we need to play as the church, as God's people, as his disciples. Ephesians 4, 2-3 says, With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. I'll read that again. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Who knows that maintaining humility and patience can take a bit of work. <laughs> Some situations can be a lot harder and um, it really does require us to dig in a bit deeper to maintain humility and peace and love in a situation. It's not always easy to play the role of the peacekeeper. We can sometimes take a few unnecessary hits due to heightened emotions in that moment. It's not always easy playing the role of the peace, peacemaker. So who's up for the challenge? Who's ready to live as Jesus did, the Prince of Peace, and help prepare the way for those that are lost and need to be reconciled? Well, guess what? I'm about to get even more practical with you this morning, and I'm going to give you three next steps that can help you start this journey of being a peacemaker for the kingdom of God. So firstly, get equipped. Study the word to fortify your understanding of biblical truth so that you're ready to serve as peacemakers when the occasion arises. If we stand firm on the word, if we, if we dig into the word and, and become so ingrained in biblical truth, then we can step into any, in any situation um, from a firm foundation. And so when those, when those, those words may be spoken, those, those emotional hits might come your way from heightened emotions that like we said, hurt people, hurt people. Don't always mean to in the time, but as things get heightened, sometimes things can be said. Maybe they aren't fully meant, but they can still hurt. But if we stand firm on biblical truth and we know the word of God and who he's called us to be and his promises, then we can step into those situations equipped and ready with wisdom. Secondly, be love in action. Peacemaking requires taking some action to promote goodwill. And this means leading out in humility, honesty, and love. Often that's probably, those are the key things that will be missing in a situation when we step in as a peacemaker into a situation, whether it's, like I said, a, a, a moment where it's between us and someone else, or maybe we're stepping into something between two other people. Often what is missing in those moments is their underlying humility, honesty, and love. Sadly, people often go into things trying to prove a point, but humility says the opposite. Humility says, what's my part being to play in this? Is there anything that I need to write? And then it steps into it saying, 
with, like I said earlier, preparing the way, some understanding, knowing that maybe this has come from something that this person's dealing with personally. So being love in action means stepping with humility, honesty, and love. 1 Corinthians 13, 4-7 says, Love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And lastly, share your story. No one is perfect and we aren't stepping into any situation as the perfect peacemaker to solve all problems. We all have stories worth sharing. We have all learnt lessons in our life, most probably learnt the hard way. <laughs> Part of preparing the way is being real and relatable. Sharing our testimony on how the gospel has transformed our lives. Sharing our testimony is something that people can't argue with. The freedom that we have found through Christ is a freedom that is available to everyone. And sharing our story could very well be the middle ground or mutual point between two sides. You all have a story worth sharing. As I looked at these three things, get equipped, be love in action, and share your story. There's a verse in Colossians, and the letters in Colossians that I really liked, and, and I think it kind of wraps these up, and it's Colossians 2, 2 to 3. I want them to be encouraged and knit together by strong ties of love. I want them to have complete confidence that they understand God's mysterious plan, which is Christ himself. In him lie all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You have something to share. You have something to give. Trust your story. Be okay with your story. Step in with honesty and love and humility. And step in with the wisdom that comes from the word. If Sarah could join me. My own story, I grew up in a Christian home with a Christian family and grew up with strong Christian parents and served in church. And as I look back, I realized that probably most of my youth years, my high school years, I was definitely living off my parents' faith. And throughout that time, I... Um, lived a life I wasn't happy with and did some things and as people do sometimes and, and as I look back at my own journey and my own story I realised that I didn't truly discover and start to build my own personal relationship with God until I had righted some wrongs there were some people that I um, lied to a lot some people that I probably throw under the bus in some situations and there were just some people that I hurt along the way and probably trying to cover up things. And it was probably some of the hardest conversations I'd had, but I knew that those were obstacles in the way. And I had to step into some conversations and be real with some people. Um, some of those conversations I didn't step into willingly, but really the person came to me and in that moment I had a decision to make Am I gonna am I gonna fight or am I going to humbly accept my part in this? And it was in that moment where I decided to 
right those wrongs and be honest and ask for that forgiveness and reconciliation in those moments that I truly felt closer to God than I ever had before. And so today, before I finish up, I wanna pray for two groups of people. Um, And so I'd just love in this moment if we could just all just close our eyes and be fully present in, in this moment right now. Because firstly, I want to pray for a group of people who need peace in their own lives. Maybe you've heard the call this morning to be a peacemaker, but you are currently holding on to hurt, resentment, or unforgiveness towards others. Division can easily creep in, and if we let it stay, it will gradually eat away at the unity God longs for with us. Part of preparing the way is getting ourselves right. And I want to ask God to remove those obstacles for you this morning. So right now, I just want to pray for that group of people. And if I could just ask, if that's you this morning, if there's anything you're holding on to, if there's hurt, if there's unforgiveness, resentment, right now, could you just place your hand on your heart as I pray for you while all eyes are closed? Lord, right now, these hands on these hearts, Lord, hearts that might be holding on to hurt, unforgiveness, maybe hearts that have been broken, maybe hearts that have been taken advantage of, or whatever the situation, Lord, you know. And Lord, right now, we just ask for an overwhelming, overflowing peace. Lord, right now that you would allow each individual here that is responding in this moment to hand this hurt over, to hand this, this conflict, this resentment, this unforgiveness, whatever it is, Lord. Lord, we give this to you now. Lord, we ask that you step in and be the peacemaker in this moment, Lord. Remove these obstacles that are um, getting in the way of, of unity with you, but also reconciliation with others. So Lord, right now I ask that you begin that journey. It's not always an easy journey, but Lord, we ask you help these individuals begin this journey of healing, this journey of freedom, of handing these things over to you, Lord. While your eyes are still closed, before I move on to the second group, I just want to speak to those that responded to that prayer. If you receive that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider talking to those people. Resist the urge to talk to everyone else about them and start the journey of reconciliation. You might need to find your own peacemaker in this this moment, someone that you can trust that can be alongside you. You don't necessarily have to mend the relationship, but to be at peace And to have full unity with God, there needs to be reconciliation. See, forgiveness is much more about allowing yourself to move on and be free. I know it's not an easy journey. And I know it might take some time. But can I ask and encourage you to prayerfully consider starting that journey today? And while our eyes are still closed, secondly, I want to pray for those who don't have a relationship with Jesus. The Prince of Peace, peace on earth sent down to reconcile people with God. There is a love, a peace, and a freedom available for you today. And all you have to do is humbly invite Him into your life. This may be your first time, or this may be a returning home. Jesus is waiting with His arms stretched wide. So if that's you today, pray with me now. Dear God, today I acknowledge that I am distant from you. I ask you, Lord, to come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and help me find healing and restoration. 
Lead me, Lord. Show me your ways and help me live in peace and freedom from those old ways. And lastly, while eyes are still closed, I would just love to know who I prayed that prayer with this morning. So I'm just gonna count to three. And if you prayed that prayer this morning, whether it was the first time you prayed that prayer or whether it was you returning home, I don't wanna embarrass you, but I'd love to see who prayed that prayer with you this morning so I can celebrate with you so that our team can connect with you and help you on this journey. So if that was you this morning that prayed that prayer, if you could put your hands up in one, two, three. Awesome. Thank you, Father. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you for listening to this Elam Christian Center podcast. Please subscribe to keep hearing more life-changing messages. For more information about our church, please visit www.elamchristiancenter.org.nz.